8.30 p.m. I would also like to thank you for listening to Community Radio on WGRN LP 94.1 FM, Columbus. I have with me today as my guest, Ms. Trish Brady. Hi, Trish. Uh, I also happen to have my brother from another mother, Mr. Ernest Kelly. Hi, Ernie. Hello. Hello, everybody. Um, we're doing something different here uh, this week because of the coronavirus. The coronavirus, uh, we're not able to go into the studio and record as we normally do. So we are trying to do a recording from our homes to be safe, uh, to, to use that in-home stay order that's out there. So I hope everyone can bear with us, and I hope you enjoy our show and the information that we're getting ready to give to you. Okay, Ernie, what I'd like to ask you, if you don't mind uh, answering this question for me, is what can I do to prevent the spread of coronavirus? Uh, first of all, uh, wash your hands frequently. Do it for 20 seconds, you know, getting in between the fingers, back of the hand, you know, use sanitary wipes, clean, you know, surfaces that you touch frequently, like the on and off light switch, doorknobs, countertop, car, drive, you know, your uh, steering wheel in your car, that kind of thing, and uh, make sure you cover your mouth when you cough and uh, know your symptoms of uh, what you have. If Know if you have a cold or, or if you have some symptoms that could be coronavirus to start. Okay, Tiz, do you have anything to, say, to add? Um, no, I would say when you're washing your hands, make sure you're doing it for at least 20 seconds to say to sing the happy birthday song um, as you're doing it and washing your hands with hands and soap is preferable to using hand sanitizer. When you use a hand sanitizer, try to only use it twice a day because that can also cause problems for people. And so it's just doing everything that pretty much everybody's been saying about uh, COVID-19 and trying to stay safe. Okay. Yeah. One of the things that I like to add to that is avoid touching your eyes, your nose, and your mouth. Stay at home as much as possible. But when you wash your hands, make sure that you're using that, you know, 20-second rule in washing your hands. And I think Trisha said something during one of our, our previous conversations is that if you feel that you have to cough or sneeze, and you happen to be out, and even if you're at home, is to take in the cough and sneeze within the inside of your elbow. So then that way you're not really spreading the disease. Okay, Trish, I have a question for you. How can I get myself and mm-hmm. my family prepared? And Governor DeWine has instituted a stay at home. So it's basically get everything that you need um, at least for two weeks. For a while, people were overdoing it and buying excessive. But at least for the first, for if you can get food and all the products that you need for the two weeks to reduce your exposure to other people. And or if you already have it, exposing other people having it, um, that's probably best. Even in the house, if somebody goes out, make sure they come in, wash your clothes as soon as you can, wipe down any products that you bring into your house because it has a lifespan, I think, of six to seven hours on surfaces and it's a little bit longer. I want to say it's eight hours if it's a steel surface. And then your clothing, it has a duration level two. So if you throw stuff in the washer, that should help you out so that you're not always, you don't risk putting it on your couch when you come in and sit down or sit in the chair somewhere else. Okay, Ernie, do you have anything to add that? Yeah, just to piggyback on what Trish was saying, on fabric, it can last anywhere from 6 to 12 hours. A normal laundry detergent will kill it. And they also suggest drink warm water 
that one I'm going to have a hard time doing. For all viruses, and try not to drink any liquids with ice in it. Also, gargle as a prevention. You know, use salt and uh, uh, in, in some warm water will, will also do it. And drink plenty of water. Okay. I like to add with that, especially for those individuals that have sickle cell or just anyone taking any type of medication, you need to make sure that you talk to your doctor about the COVID-19, whether or not I know that some prescriptions happen to be for one month. Maybe you can talk to your doctor to see if you can get it expanded to 90 days. You also want to make sure that you have a thermometer at home so that you're able to gauge your temperature, that if you're not feeling well or if you think that you have a cold or if you think that you have anything close to COVID-19, you want to be able to take your temperature because your temperature is the indicator, you know, your fever is an indicator that you could possibly have COVID-19. Once again, talk to your doctor to see if you can get it taken from 30, your medication from 30 days to 90 days so that that way you can prepare to have at least three months supply of your medication within your home. And that's not just only including individuals with sickle cell, but it's anybody taking any type of medication so that everything else that Ernie insists that you want to make sure that you have in place and that you have enough groceries also on hand. Yes, isn't it funny how like when 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 you're had to stay at home that all of a sudden you start to think about you want you crave for things that you can't have. Ernie, isn't it something how when you're at home that you start to crave for things that you normally, you know, don't eat because you have to stay at home and you can't leave. Yeah, that that is it is uh I don't know crazy is the word but it is kind of weird that you have those kind of uh, or drawn to those kind of foods that you had a choice that you normally wouldn't 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 make that selection. So so yeah, it is kind of weird that you'd be able to uh, to, to eat something that you know normally you would like. Uh, I pass on. Yeah. Okay. How um, I just want to ask. I don't have a problem. <laughs> you don't have that problem. Yes, you don't have that problem. Because I usually get everything I want. Because <laughs> I do a lot of cooking at home. I think for a lot of people that eat out, it's become problematic. And I've, I've had contact from some students because they don't know how to cook. <laughs> That's a whole other issue. <laughs> well, with, with me being a high-risk patient or high-risk individual, not letting me out the house, so I can't go get that chocolate bar or that apple pie because I'm also a diabetic, and therefore, they're not going to get me the chocolate or the apple pie that I want. I'm going to say you're not supposed to eat that. <laughs> right. You're saving your life. <laughs> and you, but that's the reason probably why I'm craving it. <laughs> I can't sneak out of these Okay. Yeah, but you um, can you can still you you can still crave those things, but like with every with with, with a lot of vices that like a bad habit, you, you know, you just got to do it in like moderation. Uh, and I know I'm one to talk, yeah. but <laughs> you just got to do it in moderation, you know. And it's and it's really hard because you know when when we can move about freely. We could kind of work it off and you know exercise it off and uh you know with very little damage, but when you just 
being sitting there, you know, for the whole time. We were just sitting around watching, binging on Netflix or Hulu or whatever. Uh, it, it, it's really hard to, to, to get those things we don't need out of our body. But drink plenty yeah. of water. Drink plenty and of I water. I said that warm water, Ernie, warm water. Yeah, warm water. Warm water is good, but but plenty of water when you drink when you're eating a lot of uh, sweets. I I learned that from somebody <laughs> gave me that advice a while back, and it worked. Okay. Well, the other thing that they say about the reason why you should drink plenty of water is that every at least every fifteen ten to fifteen minutes you should be drinking or taking sips of warm water because what that does is that the viruses or the bacteria are in your mouth that you are taking and sending it directly down to your stomach, which then the stomach acids will kind of like destroy. The viruses can't live in your stomach acids. They don't grow. They actually kind of like burns them up. And in addition that if you leave it in your mouth and when you swallow, you're increasing the chances of it going into your lungs, your esophagus, then therefore going into your lungs, which is where you end up that bacteria and that virus grows. So it's supposed to be, um, they recommend that you take sips of warm water to help it to go down to your stomach versus your esophagus. The other thing, oh, Ernie, what I was going to say was that, hey, Tess, I know who to call to help do a sneak by. He can do a drop by. Ernie, you can go and get me some candy, drop it off at my house, and we'd be cool. <laughs> Thank you, I'm trying to get you in <laughs> Yeah, yeah, get me in trouble with your family. Yeah, you're yeah. a real friend. Yeah, get me in trouble with your family. <laughs> but you said you understood. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, get me in trouble with your family. Yeah, they'll know it was me. <laughs> okay, okay. Tish, I need to ask you a question. How, how do I know if I have COVID-19? What are some of the things that would happen or signs or symptoms for me to know if I have COVID-19? Well, as you said before, fever is one of them. Cough is a, another indicator, but shortness of breath is another indicator. So if you have difficulty breathing or you have pain in the chest or you're not waking up the way that you, you normally would or you see that your complexion, the coloring of your face has started to change, and you probably should contact uh, your, your physician immediately or call 911. Okay. But outside um, of that, if you have, like, allergies, like it's allergy season right now, so if you're having your normal allergic reactions to what's going on outside, then you need to monitor it, but that's not an indicator that you have COVID-19 or if you have sinus issues, which starts to flare up during this time. Ernie and Trish, we need to take an identification break. The Faith Thomas Foundation would like to thank you for listening to The Cell. We broadcast every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. on WGRN 94.1 FM. Welcome back. I have a question. What if you do not have a doctor, you know, a primary care physician, I, you just don't have a doctor? What, is, what are some of the things that you could possibly do, the individuals that don't have a doctor? What can they possibly do? Well, I think they have a hotline right now since we're uh, dealing with the most severe uh, virus right now. I believe there's a hotline number you can call and, you know, you can discuss with them on the phone what your symptoms are. And even if you do not have a primary physician, they can assist you as far as uh, sending you somewhere to see a physician 
or get or schedule you to get into an emergency room to see someone, but don't let that stop you if you don't have a primary physician because there's a lot of uh, uh, resources out there to assist you. Okay. This uh, What I want to do is before we uh, head off onto some other things here is that I just want to remind sickle cell patients or anyone who are dealing with chronic illness is that if you are having a pain crisis, and I think Trish and Ernie both covered on this, but I just want to reiterate it, is that you definitely need to contact you definitely need to contact your primary care physician, and then you need to tell them that you're having a pain crisis and that it doesn't feel the same as your other pain crisis as normal because you could also be suffering from having the COVID-19 also added in there. So make sure that you're able to answer the question. The doctor said, hey, did you take more pain medication? Be able to say yes. So if you ask your doctor for 90 days supply, not all medication because it's some of your stronger medications, they're not going to give you 90 days supply. But at least if you have some available, make sure that, you know, you try to take some to help deal with that pain and discomfort. Once again, Make sure that you're taking your temperature, and if you're suffering any symptoms and you call 911, make sure that you let them know uh, that you happen to have sickle cell and that you're having a pain crisis. I kind of want to switch over to um, some other type of questions of what's going on here in Ohio and what our governor is doing here as far as some of the things that are taking uh, places that he's in, uh, put in place. Ernie, do you want to talk about that? I guess the most important thing, you know, for me is people, you know, uh, observe the stay-at-home order. And I know a lot of my Facebook friends are post or, you know, changing their profile, adding a, uh, a special effect on it where it's saying staying at home. Uh, and it is kind of discouraging when you're out and about, you know, when you're going to, like, pick up a prescription or, or going to uh, – you know, resupply your food or whatever, and you see people like on the playgrounds or they're on the basketball court or, you know, the kids are playing kickball in the street. Uh, that's the kind of stuff that is really discouraging because it looks like who, whoever the, the adult is is not taking this pandemic uh, serious enough. What about you, Trish? I mean, he's getting praised for shutting off Ohio and doing the shutting way before other governors um, start implementing it to to reduce the curve of people um, having COVID-19. And people also find him and Dr. Amy acting comforting and looking at the the press conferences because it lets people know what's going on. Like today, because it does impact uh, sickle cell patients as well as the caregivers. He's putting a 90-day moratorium on mortgages and uh, rent so that people aren't displaced and wind up in the street because they can't afford to pay their rent, and therefore their uh, people who own the buildings can't pay their mortgage. So that's been suspended, which is good for caregivers and and for patients, um, as well as the Ohio, because a lot of the kids that have or people that have sickle cell, we still have a segment that are still in school, um, schools are going to have to go online now. Some of them have already transferred to online so that the kids have continuing education. So there are a lot of areas that he has hit. Naturally, where the rest of the country is trying to catch up, where Ohio 
um, is ahead of the game in a lot of ways. Okay. Uh-huh. I just happen. I just want to give some numbers here. Um, as of today, in Ohio right now we have 2,547 deaths, or I'm sorry, 2,547 confirmed cases and 65 deaths. And people are still being tested, so that number of confirmed cases is going to go up, even though there's a limited supply of testing. 876,33400 is globally. And then as far right. as deaths go, 43,435. I mean, Ohio has kept theirs down. I think New York has over, what, 2,000 deaths already? Yeah. Does that sound about To date, because they're like an epicenter. Yeah. And the other thing is, I know that they were tra- talking about trying to block travel into New York. Have you, either of you heard anything along those lines? <laughs> and that was New Jersey trying to block New Yorkers from coming in. But they, sus- <laughs> they suspended that um, because it would, it would take more resources for them to eat. I don't even know how they would track people coming in and going out and whether they're from. Yeah, so that was that was floated by the governor of New Jersey, and then it got mixed pretty much in the same day. Um, yeah, I'm not yeah. sure of that. Yeah, that's what I heard. I, I, did, I did see on the news one one really disturbing incident along that lines where it was uh, three guys they were con- they were construction workers i think out of new jersey and they were in massachusetts for work the residents they were living in a in a house uh you know in the neighborhood and some of the residents in that area thought them guys had uh coronavirus so they cut a tree down to block the street, the driveway, but it couldn't get out. And when the guys come out, you know, to go to go to work, you know, people started coming out of their houses with with firearms. <laughs> so they had to call the uh, local sheriff to come and uh, help them, uh, you know, uh, get out of there. I think people looked at their at their license plate. And saw they were from New Jersey, and 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 figured that they, they were part of those ones that you hear about in the news that's trying to leave New York and New Jersey for another state. The question I'd like to ask the both of you is: How do you feel about those states that allow that still that are not putting in at any stay-home orders? What do you guys think about that, Ernie? You go first. Well, I I think they're making a big mistake by not getting ahead of it like some of these other like like Ohio and New York and uh, a lot of um, a lot of other states have done is being proactive instead of waiting until the problem is is there. I think they should be you know making arrangements now to like shut you know put plans into place to close schools you know businesses. Uh, have stay-at-home orders, and for them not to do it, I really think that they're really doing their uh, residents a, a real disservice. What do you think, Trish? About those who don't have a, a stay-at-home order in place? Yeah, those states that do not have a stay-at-home order in place, correct. Probably going to find that they have more issues. Like Florida, you had in California. With people going to the beaches and wouldn't stay home. Italy actually had that problem for for a little bit until their mayors had to put the smack down on people. 
I don't know. And there are actually a couple of churches, too, that I think there's one church is being fined because they met over the weekend. I think it was over 500 uh, people uh, got together. I don't know what to say about that because it's, it's, (laughs) on the one hand, I understand the, the, the issue. I mean, because it's serious, but at the same time, yeah, I have no words for it. I think for those governors that have not the initiative into place of staying at home, they should. Okay. I have a question. When you were talking about the findings or the fines. Are they charging just the church, or are they finding everyone that attended the church session? It depends. So, like, in Maryland, they're finding individuals and the church. So if you have not left when they've told you to disperse, the individual faces are fine and the church faces are fine. Okay. Okay. And since we're talking about traveling from one state to an, another in order to avoid capturing COVID-19, because the other state does not have, you know, is not as impacted as much. What are your thoughts on traveling by train, by plane? What are your thoughts? Trish, what are your thoughts on that by traveling? All of that should have been shut down initially. So I think they waited too late to shut the airplanes down because I don't know where you were flying to since this was already out there. And they weren't doing a really good job of sanitizing Passenger seats in the first place. So all of those of the transportation should have been shut from from jump because you're caught in a, in a small, you're confined in a small space. Now, regular travel, if you have to for work, it, that makes sense because you, you, especially if you're considered essential, you need to go somewhere. But if you don't need to go anywhere or if you don't need to go take care of a family member, you shouldn't be traveling anywhere. Period. And, yeah, I feel bad for them, but they got to stay where they are, <laughs> at least until they, they've been given the, the all clear. You're right. Ernie, what do you think about the, the planes shutting down? Oh, I, I thought it was a, a, a good move up to a, up to a point. I, I just, I'm just real concerned about uh, the people that, you know, are are stuck in a in a location that's not their home. I thought, you know, uh, maybe if they were flying, that it was a, it was just for people that was trying to get home after they had been checked. You know, like I know at you know the airports, they was taking people's fevers, you know, checking their temperature and. And that kind of stuff. And if they didn't have the temperature, or they weren't showing any other kind of um, symptoms for coronavirus, I thought they should go ahead and let them fly if they were flying home. Now, if they were if they were going, you know, trying to keep a vacation date or or something like that. Um, that <laughs> I, I think they should try to do something else. <laughs> And what about these cruise ships that are out there docked? Um, we just even had a Navy ship that had, uh, I think, I know they have 5,000 people, and I forgot how many Navy men they said were uh, that tested positive for the coronavirus. What do you guys think about that? Uh, Ernie, go ahead. 
yeah, that that I mean that's you know it's it's used you know in the in the uh, mindset that you know that this is not a big deal, then that should be proof positive for you right there that you know you need to take this uh, pandemic serious and follow the instructions if you're in a state like Ohio and follow the, the governor's instructions so that you don't pass it on to somebody. I mean, I can't imagine being on a, a, a naval ship as uh, many, as confined spaces that they have in the way that the, uh, 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 you know, how they get air in that ship, you know, the, the, the science of it. I just can't imagine uh, that. And those cruise ships, I, I really think they ought to work out somewhere where they can get those cruise ships docked. Because I think that's sad that those people are floating around out there on the ocean. They've been out there for, some of them have been out there for about three or four weeks. They got dead bodies in the, in the, in the, uh, in the basement of the ship. And, you know, and they got people that still sick. I think they ought to, you know, get somewhere the nearest place to get to get treated, and so those people can uh, uh, get off that ship because it. I think it's making them worse. I really do. So you feel that they should have a particular designated area that they have fenced off to keep them all quarantined in one place so that they can't leave until they pass whatever. Test. What do you think on that? What's your thoughts on that, Trish? Trish, what's your thoughts on that? Well, the cruise ship, they're going to have to stay on the cruise ship because part of the issue is where do you place them? So it's not a lot of times people on the cruise ships that have flown into that designated area and the uh, airplanes are grounded now. Um, they would have to find some kind of uh, rental car more than likely to take them home, but just given the number of people who have been sick on the ship and given the number of people that are, I mean, because nationwide, the hospitals are overflowing in the emergency room. There's nowhere to put them. So where would you put them? Now, I think in some states, Ohio is one of them that's made a deal with some of the hotel um, companies to turn them into medical centers. But for right now, so the people on the cruise ship, they're, they're, they're stuck until it passes. And then the other issue is, do they have enough tests to actually test people that are on the ship? Because worldwide, there, there aren't enough tests for people to actually see whether they test positive for having coronavirus or whether they have a symptom or not. So you might be asymptomatic, but still be a carrier. And yeah, I feel bad for them, but they got to stay where they are. <laughs> At least until they, they've been given the, the all clear. Oh, my God, I barely have time to say goodbye. We got to wrap this up. Tisha and Ernie, I thank you both for being here with me today. We'll be looking forward to talking to you on part two. Peace out. The Faith Thomas Foundation would like to thank you for listening to The Cell. We broadcast on WGRN 94.1 FM every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. You can also stream us live on Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. on WGRN 94.1. For more information on the Faith Thomas Foundation, please visit our website, Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is FaithThomasFDN.